Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. I'm very excited today because I'm joined with Chris Lambernini's. And Chris, I probably should have asked you before we started recording exactly how to pronounce your last name. Maybe we'll get into that here, <laughs> here in just a bit. But uh, before we do, I just want to remind everyone you can find this uh, uh, podcast, of course, on iTunes and Google Play. You can find me and my journey through what I'm doing in life on YouTube on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur YouTube channel, and you can also connect with me on the Facebook page, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. That's, uh, if you do want to talk with me, reach out to me. That's the best place to do it. Shoot me a message, post on the page, stuff like that. So today I'm very, very excited. I'm going to give a little introduction to Chris here, and then hopefully I'll achieve one of my goals and do far less talking and let him do a lot more talking than what I've done in the past when I've had people on. But Chris is someone that has really inspired me and not just inspired me, but has actually helped me with my actions when I started my business a little over a year ago. Uh, I think he may have been the first, um, dare I say, celebrity, Chris, uh, that I've found in this industry when I decided to, to do this. I kind of stumbled across a guy named Keith Kalfas, and then I stumbled across you, and then I stumbled across a, uh, Josh Latimer. But you have a book called The Window Cleaner's Marketing Blueprint. And I, I stumbled across that thing. I bought it back when you had to pay for that thing. And I can't remember if it was 100 or 200 bucks, but it was worth every penny and it was worth 10 times over. It taught me how to do my market research. It gave me the little simple things that I needed to do to get busy. And um, honestly, I think a huge part of the success that I've had is contributed to, to your efforts in that. So you, my friend, are a big hero to me. And I really, really appreciate you being here. So thank you. And so, well, that's so awful. thank you so much. I appreciate it. And by the way, you nailed the last name. Right okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> it was funny on the way here. I went to the gym this morning and on the way back to the house, I was like, I need to ask him about his last name before we start recording. That's what a, that's what a pro would do. And then I forgot. So, but so Chris, listen, let's do this, man. Before we jump into anything, cause like I said, we're going to talk about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, you know, all that good stuff. Um, Tell us just a little bit about just you as a person outside of window cleaning and outside of business, which there may not be a lot of that. I don't know. I know you're a very driven guy, but tell us a little bit about who you are. Give us some flavor. Are you a sports guy? Are you a, 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 a theater guy? You know, who's your teams? Who's your favorite? Whatever. Um, tell us a little bit about your business, you know, the window cleaning business that you started way back when and, uh, and what you got going now. Cool. Yeah, uh, so I'm uh, 41 years old now. I started my window cleaning business. Uh, I was probably about 22, which is sort of drifting around in life. I got a job as a window cleaner part-time locally here, worked with that guy for about a month before going out on my own. Uh, at first, I never really considered like window cleaning to be my full-time thing because I was going to school a little bit. I was doing lists. I was doing a little of that. And... Uh, I just uh, ended up loving it, sticking with it. We, I live in Vernon, New Jersey. It's a ski town in the very northern part of New Jersey. We're about 40 minutes outside of Manhattan. Um, and uh, I pretty much started the window cleaning business, so I would have my winters off to snowboard. So I have been doing that my whole life, living here, uh, you know, living you know, right on the slopes. Mm -hmm. And uh, business quickly uh, took over my life and put an end to all that snowboarding stuff and uh now does that. i do full time yeah i didn't expect it to take over i thought it was going to be this thing where all right i'll just i'll just work nine months out of the year and take three months off but that just it just totally consumed me yeah 
That's uh, cool. Well, you and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're that kind of guy, right? I mean, when I watch you from a distance, you strike me as just a very uh, like obsessive type of person. Like you either kind of like you're like all in or or you're all out. Uh, there's a phrase that I kind of like that I think. I think applies to you, which is if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Is that fair? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. If I'm going to do something, I, I really want to you know, give my all and make the best of it and just build the best possible thing. Um, fortunately, like this, this whole thing just actually became my hobby as well as my job. So I'm like working all the time and I'm always happy about it. That's cool. Now, what do you mean by that? When you say it became your hobby, does that mean like you just like go out and clean windows on Friday night for fun or, or does that just mean that you enjoy doing the business and and you do that for fun type of thing yeah and no, i enjoy doing the business i don't yeah. i don't and i never really totally enjoyed the actual hands-on aspect of window cleaning mm. i was in the field for i don't know maybe three four years max uh before i converted to you know strictly being in the office but on my day off you know if i have nothing to do the first thing i think is all right man let's work on work you know <laughs> there's always something to be done i'm excited about it i'm jazzed about the things we're building and doing and mm. love it that's cool now what about uh, is there a non-work side of you i mean like i said are you a sports fan are you a, a theater fan do you like uh, the finer things in life no no, no. <laughs> i live uh, i live super basic i don't uh, particularly enjoy watching sports i can't recall the last time i watched sports uh i have two daughters uh four and ten years old i try to spend any free time i have with them you know after work weekends stuff like that mm -hmm. but uh pretty much it's all family and work i'm not doing much fun stuff that's fun to you right so that's yeah, that's kind of what matters so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny when I, I Chris, I know that, I mean, you and I have interacted a little bit. I really don't know uh, how much you know about me other than I've kind of been a little bit, bit of a pest when it comes to buying stuff from you from time to time online. But, um, you know, before I kind of had this um, recent change in my life, not just in the last year, but in the last handful of years, you know, in my career, I used to look at people like you and think, they got to be so miserable. You know, I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I don't know what happened with me. I th I'm just kind of a late bloomer. You know, I'm just a couple years younger than you. I'm 39. And, um, and I've, I've entered that phase where it's like, I'd always hear people say work is fun. And I'm like, God, those people are just pathetic, you know? And now I'm like, I like this thing. I, you know, one thing I'm finding I kind of like cleaning windows if as long as they're not French panes, <laughs> you know, it's like if they're big panes of glass, I'm like, this is cool. I feel like an artist and, a, you know, I feel like a swordsman, you know, but um, so it's kind of fun because it's just so easy and so stress free. But uh, but as far as building the business, what I'm liking about it is the um, just kind of making something. It's almost like you're having a kid, you know, it's almost like you've you started this thing from scratch and. You, you do a little work, you teach it how to toss a ball, you teach it how to, you know, help it pull up on a table and this and that. And the next thing you know, you know, in my business, I'm starting to see it take a couple of steps here and there. You know, of course, you're way down the road and you've, you know, you've got either you've kind of got like a, a young adult uh, or or even older type of business that's out there kind of living life and doing its thing. And and you're uh, you're the older, wiser father that's like, you know, just kind of giving it some vision and direction when it needs it. But uh, but that's cool. I, I, you definitely inspire me, um, in a lot of things that I'm doing. Maybe we'll get into that a little later, but, um, 
let's talk about what you're doing right now. So you're you're not a window cleaner anymore, or, or at least not in the service side of things, uh, but you're still in that industry. So uh, what inspired you to sell your business? I actually get asked that question a lot from some of the guys that I hang out with, and, and they'll, they'll always talk about you and Latimer. They're like, now why are those guys selling their stuff? Because what I think it is is because they really were unhappy in it. And I, my thought is I don't think they were unhappy in it. I have my own suspicions but you tell me what you know what made you decide to sell and then what made you decide to get into what you're doing now and talk a little bit about that yeah so i started all county window cleaning it was like 2000 2001 ish and uh you know we did that pretty solid for like six seven years it was really the only thing i imagined doing and uh we as we started to grow I started to try to find creative ways to buy supplies for our company cheaper. You know, we were going to grosses of rubber a week, et cetera, et cetera. So I just started calling around manufacturers and I said, yeah, I'm going to start a supply business. Give me a, give me a better deal. Give me a better deal. Give me a discount. So I formed like this little company just in an effort to buy cheaper stuff for mm -hmm. me. You know, so I was kind of like just supplying myself. And um, around the 2000 timeframe, two, no, 2007, uh, there wasn't really like Facebook. There wasn't like, you know, Facebook groups where window cleaners yeah. could learn and go and do stuff. And there was this one really popular forum uh, called National Window Cleaning Directory. And Alex and I kind of liked it. We thought it was pretty cool, but we thought we could do it better. So we decided to start a window cleaning forum called Window Cleaning Resource. And we just basically wanted it to be a community where window cleaners could come and just like learn about all aspects of the business. Because when you think about it, a window cleaning business, it's fairly simple. But back in the day, there wasn't really like a repository of information people could go to and access. And if I had something like that, I could have shaved five years off my learning curve and been way ahead. So my all my window cleaning business was sort of like self-sufficient. I had taken myself out of it. I was just sort of bored in the office doing other things and um, started this window cleaning resource thing. I sort of just like fell in love with it immediately. 2007 2008 and i immediately just like wasn't interested in my window cleaning business anymore hmm. but window cleaning resource wasn't making any money it, i was making all my money at all county window cleaning so i needed to like keep it going so i kept it going for like another four years into the point where window cleaning resource was sort of making enough money where i could make a living at it and during that four-year period i felt like really torn like i had this great business that was giving me a great paycheck every day but I didn't really love it. It wasn't doing anything for me. There, you know, I didn't see it being able to scale or grow to something really big. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's very hard to scale people and labor. Yeah. Whereas with e-commerce and online stuff, you know, you can scale globally pretty quickly by building the right stuff. Yep. So right around, I guess it was probably uh, 2012, 2013, I started talking to a local guy, a local competitor, Peter. And we became a little friendly and uh, he's like, can I buy this from you? And I was like, well, I never really thought about that. But yeah, sure. Make me an offer. Let's make this happen. And I was just super jazzed about it because then like it felt like this big weight was lifted off me and I could just go focus on this thing I really wanted to do. That's cool. I'm, I'm super happy it happened because I'm just like way, way happier now. I wasn't so super happy mm -hmm. running a service company. You know, I, I had between like 30 and 50 guys working for us in our peak season, and I just didn't really enjoy it. There was like a lot of problems. You know, we had um, 
our, our main uh, employee demographic was like a 20 something and you know all the problems that come along with yeah. 20 something you have 50 of them multiply that times two because everybody's got two problems a week <laughs> so i have 100 people's problems to deal with and like it was just a lot of stress plus yours yeah plus mine yeah. and i'm looking at this window cleaning resource and i have these products on the shelf that uh don't lie to my face uh don't get high on lunch break uh don't break a bunch <laughs> of stuff and i was like what am i doing so out, out, out with the window cleaning business. And then since then, I've focused all my attention on this. All right, I'm going to take a quick note here. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, dead air. Ignore this, listeners. Okay, so um, you had mentioned something that just you just mentioned it that really grabbed my attention. You said you – I don't want to misquote you, but I think you said you were unhappy, you know, doing the window cleaning thing. Or, you know, at one point – or maybe unsatisfied is what you said. I'm not sure. I don't want to – say something that you didn't at what point uh because you just kind of accidentally started the window business you know if i remember right and reading your book you were just kind of like eh, i think i want to do this thing you printed up a couple of flyers you went out and illegally threw in people's mailboxes if i remember right you got a call from that from a person not the police and uh and all of a sudden you were like holy cow you know th this thing can happen um so i'm i'm assuming there was a lot of excitement at the very beginning at what point did you, what point did it go from excitement to uh, kind of like, man, eh, this is just work and my heart's not in it anymore? Like, how long did that take? It probably took about five years. I just start I just started getting really burnt out, primarily <laughs> dealing with the employees and people. Like, mm -hmm. it was just a just just kind of like a never-ending parade of small problems, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts type thing, mm -hmm. like. And I just just found myself sort of enjoying it less and less. I wasn't as jazzed to get to work in the morning as I had been previously. And um, I was really torn because I felt kind of trapped by it. I like created this monster that was running and it, like, you know, it was paying me a really good salary. But like, I just didn't like it so much. Yeah. OK. Now, did you ever want to or at least kind of want to quit at that point? I mean, was there ever was that ever in your mind or? Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought about quitting all the time, but I was just, like, I didn't, I didn't know how to like dismantle it and get myself out of it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like at one point I, uh, I thought about moving down to South Carolina with a girlfriend of mine at the time. I was like, I can't, I can't move with you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trapped by this thing. Yeah. You know? And it just became this, this overwhelming thing that I just didn't love anymore. That's interesting. So what you're saying is that, uh, Building something successful isn't always like super fun and easy. Is that kind of <laughs> kind of the gist of it? Yeah, I got exactly what I wanted. I, I dreamed this thing up and I had this picture of my mind in my mind what it would look like when it was done, a la the E-Myth. And and I never really thought past that point. And once I hit that, I was just like, All right, what now? You know? Like I was just it just I hit instant boredom and, and Overwhelmed. So, all right, so that leads me into a question that I actually had written down that I wanted to ask you. So it kind of applies, but not completely. So don't get pigeonholed into just answering this. But I had written down um, – well, I scribbled down. Let me see if I can spit it out and make sense. When you achieve a new level, you know, so no matter where we're at, whether you know, you're someone like me a year ago that's literally making his wife let him use – 
her SUV so he can start a, a window cleaning business and strap a ladder to the top or whether you're someone that's uh, doing a million dollars or someone doing $3 million a year or, you know, no matter where we're at, there's always another level. You know, there's always like the bigger guy that you want to become and stuff like that. Uh, one thing I've just kind of found in my life uh, and not just in this business, but especially in this business, it's like every little threshold I hit and I haven't hit a bunch of them, but you know, at least the micro ones that I've hit, I get there and I'll have a friend or two that'll be like, Oh my God, Bob, you should be so proud. Like you're there. And all I can do is look at like where I'm not, you know, and I'm just like, well, well crap. I'm glad you think this is great. Cause all I see is like a bunch of failure and, and non-progress and look, look where Chris Lambertini's is, you know, I mean, he's that and I'm, I'm where I'm at. Do you deal with that? Did you deal with that same issue? Like say when the company became what you wanted it to be, did you get there and think, huh, it really was the journey, not the destination. Is that how it works for you? Or, or do you have that satisfaction in the moment each time you, you progress? Yeah, I think I, you have that satisfaction in the moment each time I progress, but I think that's kind of like a common mental trap of all humans, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you think of this thing that you want or where you want to get to and then you get there and it's just like, eh, this isn't as great as it seemed. Yeah. And, and my problem was, and I probably possibly could have still done the window cleaning business when I just originally envisioned it. I, I just only pictured it so far. I, I didn't take my mental thoughts past a certain point. And I'm trying to avoid that now by like sort of having this, you know, 30 year end goal in mind. That's something that's much bigger than I could possibly achieve. So I'm like sort of like overshooting my goal Mm -hmm. that there's really no way I can get there and be disappointed. And I'm just sort of working that 30 year plan backwards now lining up the dominoes connecting you know the 30-year goal to the five-year goal to the three-year goal to the two-year goal to the one-year goal to the monthly goal to the weekly goal to the daily goal to the right now goal and then i figure if i line up all those dominoes like that's i I can't possibly be disappointed i love that yeah have you ever heard of dave ramsey or listened to any of his stuff yeah yeah. okay So he says this thing, which again, it was something that I thought was really stupid when I was younger. And now I'm like starting to kind of, to, to feel it or, or embrace it. And he says, he talks about how, like, when you get to somewhere, yeah, it's kind of like, basically he's encouraging you to enjoy the moment or enjoy today, you know, have that satisfaction in the accomplishment that you've had. Cause he said, if you eat enough lobster, it starts to taste like soap, you know, he's just, <laughs> and and it's funny, I've, over the last year, I keep saying to myself and to anyone that watches me, you know, like on my YouTube channel, I talk about my why, and I've kind of created this icon for my why, and now I'm thinking I might be wanting to change it, because I've always said, it's a fruity drink on a beach, you know, and I want a vision of sand and my feet and this drink, almost like a Corona commercial, except it's going to be like a chick drink, you know, in my hand. And then I'm like, that's probably going to get boring after about three days, you know, it's like... <laughs> What that? You're not going to know what to do. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of thinking I want to do those things, but I, I, I think I'm kind of enjoying the, the building process. So, uh, you know, I, I, I watch people like you and some of these other guys and I'm like, they look, you, you look like you have a great deal of satisfaction, you know, again, from, from the outside looking in of what you're doing and, and it inspires me, Chris. It makes me think I want to be like him when I grow up in two years, so hopefully. So 
That's cool. Well, what I think you need to do is you have, you have this fruity drink goal. You know, down the line, I want to be kicking back drinking these fruity drinks. You need to build the fruity drink goal into your yearly goal. So, like, you start your, your year planning. All right, I'm going to take this week off for uh, beach time with fruity drinks. I'm going to take this time off for beach with fruity drinks. And just build that into the plan now. I like that. It, you know what? That's kind of what I'm doing. I just started a new habit of writing down my, my annual goals uh, twice a day, writing them down in the morning, writing them down at night. Actually, I think I heard you talk about something like that one time, if I, if I remember correctly. And one of the things I've got on there is actually a nice little tropical uh, fruity drink type of destination. So I love that, and, and that's funny here. Um, okay, let's talk about this. Uh, let me try to segue into this without a segue at all. Um, obstacles, mo- emotional, mental. Um, you know, you've been very successful. You know, you you look like everything you do is a win, but that's because we don't see the behind the curtain stuff. Or I don't know. Do you, is everything you do a win, or are there any failures mixed in? There? Yeah, I'm just hiding all the bad stuff. From the okay. public. <laughs> uh, you know, so for people like me that that listen to a podcast like this to say, hey, here's a guy that's done what we want to do. Um, what are some of the, like the personal challenges that, that you face? And I know that's kind of a, a, a wide open question. So I hope, you know, something comes to you, but whether it's, you know, doubt, whether it's fear, whether it's, uh, I don't, you know, lack of something, I mean, are, are, does, do you have any like kind of personal demons in that respect? And I'm not talking about, don't talk to me about a drinking problem and I'm not saying Chris has a drinking problem. I'm just saying, I'm not asking for information like that, but, but just things that you would say, like if we got inside of your mind, you'd be like, Holy cow, this isn't the confident guy that, that we knew, or are you full of confidence and you know, every day you're going to win or where are you at with that? No, no, I'm not, I'm not really super confident all the time. Um, I think I have like a pretty good plan laid out of what I'm trying to accomplish. So it's sort of like, stays easy to stay confident if that makes sense um but you know my my personal challenges really are like i see my kids growing up like so super fast in front of my eyes and it scares the crap out of me so it's like i'm trying to like slow down as much as possible and get you know good solid blocks of time with them and um I don't really like the phrase like work-life balance because I don't really believe there's such a thing. You can't possibly have it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it really all just involves family stuff, just trying to like make the most of my time with my kids when they're in this age period because, you know, once they become teenagers, they get all goobery and like they don't love you anymore. And I'm just – I'm enjoying this this time now. (laughs) Enjoy it now. Yeah, I've got – uh, I've got three kids. My oldest one is almost 19 and, uh, you've met him once you met him at the convention last year and, uh, yeah, Caleb. And, uh, I'm actually, sometimes I wonder about that boy, but I'm, I'm very proud of him. And honestly, I'm like ultra lucky with him. He's kind of like just the all American kid. You know, I mean, he's, he's a normal 18 year old in the sense. No, he's not. He's not a normal 18 year old. He's busting his ass. He's helping build his own business. He's working hard. He's working weekends, but He's also an 18-year-old, you know. Um, and then you got my daughter. So she's 16. And unfortunately, uh, you know, like Caleb's just like my, my wife. Just pure heart, good as gold. Then my daughter, unfortunately, is like the epitome of all the bad stuff in me. You know, she's, like, she's a smart-ass. She's sarcastic. She's just, she's not the rule follower, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm just like, God, why can't you 
be nice, you know, for a change. And then my youngest son, he's kind of a good mixture of the two. So he'll probably be the most successful, but, but, uh, no, I, the work life balance thing, you know, I, I don't know, Chris, I think you kind of can have it if you're okay with like not getting anywhere big, you know, I mean, if, if you just want to work 40 hours a week and then balance other time on the weekends and nights, you can probably have that. But and I'm okay with people that want to be that person as long as they don't bitch about, well, you just can't get ahead in life, you know? And, and I've had people, uh, kind of come, come to me uh, with that same thing as like, well, you know, you just can't do this or that, or what you're doing is, is unfair. You're getting lucky. And I'm like, I'm not unlucky. I, I sacrifice time. You know, like when you're out at the beach on the weekend, I'm handing out flyers and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And when you're having fun with the family, you know, I, I'm, I'm out busting it, but one day I'm not going to have to work at all. And I'm not going to be 70 when that day comes. And you're probably going to look at me and say, it's not fair. And I'm not going to feel bad for you at that point. So, so yeah, I, yeah that balance is something I, I'm trying to, to, I, well, now I'm gonna have to stop saying it because you've said that, but I've tried to be working on that balance, but it's, but now guys, we all know you can't have it. So give up. Chris said, give up on uh, balance in your life. So <laughs> give up, give up. Like, yeah. I think you, I think you need to go through like periods, you know, like with work, for example, like you can just like, you have a project and you're going to double down on it so hard for three months and like totally ignore everything else. But then like you go through a, a period where you like, just kind of like catch up on life. Mm-hmm. So I try to like work in big bursts and time blocks and get a lot of stuff done to have you know time for other stuff i heard this great um work life balance story basically it says you know like life is a juggling act you got you got four balls you got uh a glass ball which represents work and you have a rubber ball which represents love family and friends so you have three rubber balls love family and friends and one glass ball and you're constantly juggling those Mm. And, uh, oh man, I had that in reverse family and friends and love are glass balls. Work is a rubber ball. If you drop, if you drop family, friends and love, it's going to break. But if you drop the work ball, it's going to bounce back. So that's like the one thing you can drop. And that sort of stuck with me. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, you know, and I don't want to get real, you know what I do. I want to try to get a little philosophical, Chris, you know, it's like, yeah. So like with life, you know, I don't want to dig into, you know, anyone's, uh, you know, religion or lack thereof, but like with me, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I've got one shot at this thing. I've got one shot to be a good husband, one shot to be a good father, a good friend. And you know, when it's, when it's all, all said and done, really, I guess what I've been living for is two things, I guess right now for me, but the other thing is like memories for the people that I love, you know? And it's just like when I'm dead and gone, I mean, I hope it doesn't happen, but if I get hit by a car, when I leave the house today, after we record this, um, I, I hope I've lived such a life that my friends and my family won't have to lie at my funeral. You know, they can be honest about the kind of person that I was. And that's really, uh, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, cause I mean, 40 is not old, but it sure is when you're 20 and I, 20 didn't seem like it was that long ago. Right. And, right. and, and as I'm getting older, you know, I look at my mortality and I'm trying to look at what's important and I'm, that's where I'm like, I've questioned myself on some of the work I've done on my business, you know, and, and cause I've put in the hours as well. And I, I might, am I doing the wrong thing here? And I don't think I am, you know, like if I jump to the end, I don't think I'm doing the wrong thing because 
you, I, you couldn't have described it any better. You were talking about the little spurts, and, and basically that's what I'm doing too. It's like I'm work, 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 and then I might take a couple of weekends where we chill and have fun, and and everyone gets their time, and 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 there we go. I don't know where I'm going with that, but but it is what it is. So let's let's uh, change gears just a little bit, uh, Chris. You, I want to go back to what you were talking about. You started the window cleaning resource uh, when you had your window cleaning company as a forum online. At what point did you start selling products to uh, people, you know, supplies to other window cleaning companies? Uh, probably a couple months later. So that, that was sort of like the, the original plan. We would create this forum community. And then the other aspect of it is we wanted to – uh, make a product video for every product we sold because we were sort of a little displeased with the current suppliers at mm -hmm. the time. There's not that many of them out there. And we sort of felt like as window cleaners, we knew more about the products than the people that were selling them to us. And that like really kind of bummed me out. And you'd go on their websites to try to buy stuff. And there was just like no information. They all just had general copy. They copied from the manufacturer. So we said like, let's just change this. Let's build a community of people. Let's sell some products. Let's do a video on every product we're going to sell so people can really see what it is and sort of take a, a whole new approach at selling window cleaning supplies, sort of like a consultative approach, mm -hmm. an informational approach. And we figured if we just created this and kind of put this good stuff out in the world, people would be attracted to it. And it took off like just so much quicker than we thought it would. Um, it com I think on the first day we launched it, we signed up like 300 people. Wow. By month one, it was like 1,000 people. And then we had like 5,000 people at the year's end. And then two years later, it quickly jumped to like 30,000 people. And it became this really awesome global community of window cleaners. And it like just, just took off much, much quicker than we thought it would. Well, obviously, you know, it works because it has, but I'll be yet another person that says your approach has been great. You know, when I started out again, I had no clue what I was doing. I went to Home Depot or Lowe's the first day, bought a few squeegees and uh, and then like a week into it. I'm like, OK, I need some better stuff. I got in, I think I got in touch with John at your uh, uh, John Lee and. Yeah. The guy just, he knew every answer to any question I could have had. He knew the answers. To the, he knew the questions I needed to ask that I didn't know I needed to ask and, and presented that to me as well. And uh, you, you've done an amazing job. I'm a big fan. I, uh, you know, you guys are where, you know, we buy our stuff from you guys. Uh, I wish we bought more from you. <laughs> We're getting there. You know, I wish I'd, I needed more, but uh, you guys have been awesome. And the customer service is just like off the chain. You know, you guys are, are, uh, the perfect example of, of how we all need to run our business from responsiveness to, uh, you know, obviously the attitude is great, you know, but, uh, I would just say responsiveness is the biggest thing. So I'm a big fan. I, I give you money and, and I, I feel like I, I get a lot more back, uh, you know, for, than, than what I give in that respect. So thank you for creating something great to, to make life easier on for us on this side of things. Um, I do want to talk about this convention that you do. So, um, you know, I, I've never really promoted anything, uh, and, but I went to the huge convention. So if anyone's listening, that's the name of it, the huge convention. Okay. And I think last year, was that the fourth one or the fifth one? Uh, last year was the fifth and, uh, 
Our sixth one coming up is in Atlanta, Georgia at the end of August. Yeah, so and I'm excited about that. Uh, so last year, Caleb and I went to the huge convention, and it was in New Orleans. And I won't go into great detail because I don't want to get him in trouble or me in trouble with mom. But Caleb had a great time in New Orleans. We'll just leave it at that. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it was a lot of fun. You know, like I, I went to this thing and – you know, Chris, honestly, a lot of like when I went to the classes, a lot of the stuff that I, I heard in the classes, um, some of it was new, some of it wasn't, you know, and but the interactions I had with people there, you know, just getting to meet other successful people, other guys. And, you know, there's guys there that have million dollar companies. And then there were some guys there that had smaller companies than me and being able to get get there and see other people that were doing it, you know, see people yep. that were out there making it happen and they were. I mean, across the board, they're all super cool, super approachable. It was probably the single biggest event, you know, the single biggest, you know, just little, you know, weekend that Caleb and I had all of last year. It was, uh, you know, we had been doing it for a number of months at that point. We were filling the grind. We really couldn't even afford to go at that point. You know, we were, we just didn't have the money, but we made the commitment. We knew we needed to. We got there. It was refreshing. We came back with wind in our sails. And I remember on the drive home, because uh, we drove from Orlando to, to New Orleans. And on the drive home, we were just talking about the convention and recapping the weekend. And we had just made the decision, we're doing this thing next year. We already knew we were in on the next one because of what it had done for us. And we hadn't even got home to apply anything. But then when we did get home, uh, our, our business, I mean, had been steadily moving up. And then we get back from the convention, and then it just took a nice big angle upwards. And we did, we've just been climbing ever since up until last month, which is kind of a turd. But we won't talk about that right now. But uh, so that's awesome. That's awesome. And like you, you hit the nail on the head about like what is my favorite thing about the convention? Yeah, we have a, a big inspirational keynote. Yeah, we have you know twenty classes. Yeah, there's a trade show where you can check out all the latest gear. Mm -hmm. But really, the coolest thing about it is just to go talk to 800 to 1,000 other people that do the same thing as you every day. Mm -hmm. Because in New Jersey, I can't get that. I can't, I can't walk out and talk to another window cleaner. You, you know, in Florida, you may network with a couple guys, but being in a room with 1,000 other people that do the same thing in an industry as niche as ours is just amazing. Yeah. Getting a chit chat, you know, because you guys all have so much in common. You share the same struggles. Some people are farther ahead. Some people are farther than behind. And it's just amazing. That's just the best part about it, getting to talk to people. When I went to my first convention, it was an IWCA convention. And I was like four years into business. It blew, three years into business. It just blew my mind. It instantly made everything I was doing just ramp up immediately. Hockey stick growth mm -hmm. because I saw what was possible. I, I didn't know that there was dudes that had 20 trucks on the road. Like I didn't know that. I just thought every window cleaner was one or two guys in a truck running around cleaning the windows <laughs> at the bank. That was like what I was picturing. And then you get to one of these things and you see all these people doing these amazing things in this same industry. Changed everything. Changed my complete outlook. It, same here. I, so so let, let's do this, Chris. I know we've got about about 10 minutes or so or not even before you've got to get off here so i want to say one thing to the listeners and then i want you to kind of share a little more about the convention so guys listen uh, if you've been watching my channel 
You've already heard me recommend going to this thing. I've talked about it last year. I actually lost my wallet like an hour before we left New Orleans last year. I think it was stolen. But but even with that, it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. Fortunately, all my cash was already gone. But the um, but guys, if you're a guy like me, if you're a small guy that's been starting out, you need to go to this thing. It's affordable. I mean, it's, that's the one thing I love about it is it's not some, something that you can't afford to go to. I don't know what, I haven't booked my room yet, but I, last year the room was extremely uh, affordable as well. It's fun. It's going to breathe life into your business and breathe life back into you being able to dream and so on and so forth. So Chris, do a couple of things. Take a minute, tell people where they can go to get more information about it, and then just give us uh, a little more you know, of what they can expect. I mean, sure, we know we get to rub rub shoulders with other people, but give a little more of the nuts and the bolts of what the convention will be this year. Sure. Uh, so the convention is, it starts August 22nd and it's in Atlanta, Georgia this year. We always try to pick a location for the convention that is uh, sort of all encompassing because people come to it for different reasons. Some people come and they bring their whole family. They make a vacation out of it. They come in a few days early. So we always like to try to find a location that's suitable for people that want to do that. We try to put it in a location where people can easily drive to. Uh, We try to put it in a location near an airport so people can easily get there. Uh, This year we're doing something a little bit different. We're actually having a pre-convention convention on Wednesday uh, we're doing the service software summit. Yeah. Of, I heard about this. Yeah. It's going to be super cool. Super cool. Cause pe- you know, people in the industry, there's so many different like softwares and CRMs that they use and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we figured mm-hmm. we would just get them all in one place. They can get on stage and do kind of like a Ted talk, mm-hmm. uh, about, you know, some sort of thought leadership topic. And then, uh, they have their own little booths outside and then people can just literally go out and just like, talk to every software service provider in the industry and figure out what's best for their business. Cause you know, they may just see this thing online, yep. see that thing online, but they can actually like get in there and compare all these. Things. I love this. It's like the Thunderdome for, for CRM. It's like they, yeah. like all of them get in there and only one of them comes out successful. Right. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's still kind of cool. For something a little bit different. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that that's a first for us. We're doing that this year. We have that happening on Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday, uh, the actual convention starts. We always start the event with kind of like an opening and announcement, and we have the keynote speaker come on stage. He probably talks for maybe you know an hour to ninety minutes. It's usually something kind of inspirational, mm-hmm. something to kind of just get everybody jazzed and geared up for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, the trade show opens. In the afternoon, so some people choose to go to that. It's also open the next day, uh, but also during that time on Thursday and Friday, we usually have three to five tracks of classes on different topics. So we have you know marketing classes, sales class, sales classes. Uh, we don't typically uh, do anything hands-on ever. This convention isn't about like, hey, we're going to teach you how to clean the window the best. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing in there about like the physical aspect of the work. It's all business building stuff. Which is what I love about it personally. It's like the stuff that's yeah. important because anyone can clean a window, but not exactly. everyone can run a business. Exactly, exactly. So when we started this event, that that was the focus. Like, yeah, let's just do an event just about the business building aspect because, you know, you can teach anybody to clean glass really well in three months or mm-hmm. power wash this pretty quickly. 
But the business stuff, ah, that's where people get hung up. That's where the most challenges are. And um, we found that that's just why this event becomes the most popular event of the year for window cleaners and pressure washers because, you know, everybody struggles on the business aspect. I struggle on it. You struggle on it. We all do. It's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough running a service business. There's so many so many problems in a service business. You got seasonality. You got employees. You got employees and also yeah. employees. Yeah. <laughs> millions and millions of other little problems. Yeah. So your classes on operations, everything, everything about running the business better. Well, guys, listen. If you haven't figured it out already, um, we've been talking with the winner. Yeah, you know, we've been talking with the winner here and. Uh, Chris, you seem like a very humble person. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed the last year of kind of watching a little bit. You're not quite as much in the spotlight as some of these other guys with the the big window cleaning names. But uh, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the impact you've had in my life and my family's life. Um, we uh, I'm gonna sign off. I'm gonna give you the last word here. Uh, so if you want to do a couple things. Give everyone uh, the information on how they can get in touch with you or, or how they can learn about the convention. Uh, you know, get online and find about that. And then, do you have any? Do you have any parting word of wisdom? A good, a good quote that you love living by. A good tactic that you love. Not a business one, but just a here's how you can win in life. Little tidbit, just to uh, get someone a little inspiration today. Sure, people can find out about the convention by going to thehugeconvention.com. Can you believe that URL was available? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can be reached at windowcleaner.com. That's our home base, our main website. And uh, my, my little tiny tidbit for everybody is just work harder. Love work it. harder. Most people aren't working that hard. Work harder and you'll win. I, I heard a quote that uh, – it's not your quote, but you introduced it to me. Uh, about a year ago, I heard you on a podcast, and, and it was uh, uh, success is rented and rent is due every day. And uh, which ties right into the work hard. And and Chris, I'm going to tell you, man, you don't know. I mean, you're one of the people that have have hugely impacted my life. Little things like that. Listening to your morning routine, how you wake up early. I'm in the middle of a personal challenge doing that myself right now. You were a big part of that inspiration. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're a friend from afar. I swear I'm not a creeper. I'm not, I'm not, but, uh, but I do. I, I appreciate everything. And thank you so much for being on the podcast, my friend. So Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the nice words. I really love what you're doing, and uh, I wish you great success with it. You're going to win, man. Thank you. I plan on it. I plan on it. So, All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Everyone, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes because that helps me do something I really love, and I love attention. So thank you, guys. Have a great day. Go kick some ass.